We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Oh, X, I should say. That's the first time I've said Twitter in a while. I've been pretty good about changing it to X. Or you can find me on Instagram or threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Happy to be back. Took a little vacation during the All-Star break. But now, here we are back and heading into one of the most important stretches. Actually, the most important stretch of the Lakers season. So I am very excited to be back in action. Let's go. We've got Lakers Warriors coming up on Thursday. Quick apology that this uh, this is coming out a little bit late. Got back a little later than I expected uh, from my vacation. So having to record this in the morning rather than in the evening. So podcast listeners, this is coming out a little bit late for you guys. I know it's usually there in your feed when you wake up in the morning, but uh, unfortunately wasn't able to get that done last night. So here it is. Here's here's the podcast for today. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We have a lot of things to dive into. And I also have a little bit of uh, scheduled nonsense for the end of this show as well. So all the basketball stuff, of course, is going to be at the beginning, but some scheduled nonsense here at the end from my, from my travels. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. So real ones, if you guys want to stick around till then, I'll chat a bit about uh, a few little things. But let's start with this right now. I mean, this is it. This is it, folks. Do or die. Do or die for the Lakers. Currently sitting in the ninth seed in the Western Conference. And the reason for that, and we've talked about it, it's because everybody keeps winning. Everybody in the West, that the Lakers need to lose. They keep winning. And it's preventing the Lakers, despite the fact that they're playing better basketball, they're looking like there's a renewed confidence. They are playing with a little bit more energy. Uh, all of these things are happening. All the things that we would want to see happen, and yet the Lakers aren't making any progress in the standings because if you look at the West, you look at what's going on, uh, it's it's rough. I mean, look at this. I, I'm here on the, if you're a, a YouTube viewer, I'm looking at the last 10 games for all these teams. Look at the Western Conference. The Mavs seven and three. The Pelicans seven and three. The Kings five and five. Okay, that helps. The the Lakers seven and three, right? The Warriors eight and two over their last ten. That's part of the reason why the Warriors are now the favorite to beat the Lakers tomorrow night. We'll talk more about that. But yes, there's some separation here, where teams like the Jazz, the Rockets, they're three and seven. They're starting to fall away, right? These teams are starting to fade away, and now we've got a pretty good idea of who's the top. 10 now in the West. We're starting to get some separation there. You can see two and a half game difference between the Warriors 
and the Jazz. I'm thinking that's probably going to be it. That's the way things are going to stay the rest of the way. The 10 teams that are in the playoffs right now are going to remain in the playoffs. But if you're the Lakers, you really need to move up. You need to move up in the stand. You don't want to be. If you're stuck in the play-in, and the Lakers have the goal of moving up to six, but if you're in the play-in even, you don't want to be nine or ten. You want to be seven or eight because seven or eight come with it double elimination. And double elimination means you, you got to lose twice. You'd have to lose the 7-8 matchup and then lose to the winner of the 9-10 matchup. If you're the 9-10, you have to win two in a row just to get in. So the Lakers don't want to be in that position. That's a challenge, though, when you've got all the teams around you that you need to lose are winning games. The Suns, the Pelicans, the Mavs. Yes, it helps that, that Sacramento's 5-5, five and five, but uh, and you do play Sacramento twice in the upcoming stretch. It, it, it's a tough thing going on in the Western Conference right now, and the margin for error is just non-existent. So let's take a quick peek at this. This is the Lakers' schedule over the next 12 games, and I've identified these 12 games as critical ones. And that's why I say this is do-or-die time now for the Lakers. You've got to find a way to survive this stretch. I've been talking about this stretch of the schedule since the schedule came out. We've been talking about it since August, that this is going to be a very difficult run. You look at this, Thursday, Golden State. And by the way, this is bookended by two games against Golden State. Golden State specifically pursuing the Lakers. They're the 10 seed right now. They're trying to chase down the Lakers. And you play in Golden State uh, tomorrow. And then you play, you finish off this stretch at home against Golden State on the 16th of March. So you got to get these wins. These are, you've got a lot of games in here that are against difficult teams, but you also have a lot of games in this stretch that are against, that are against teams that you were in direct competition with, which which makes them doubly important because not only are you putting a win on your record, you're putting a loss on theirs. So here's the stretch here. You've got Golden State tomorrow, then San Antonio. Unfortunately, it's the second night of a back-to-back. I don't know what's wrong with the NBA this season and their schedule. They have destroyed the Lakers in terms of difficulty. Um, should you still beat the Spurs? Yes, of course you should still beat the Spurs. But as we've seen, it's possible for the Lakers to lose to this team, especially second night of a back-to-back. And we don't know what LeBron's availability is going to be. And we'll talk about that in a moment too. The Phoenix Suns at Phoenix, again, a team you're competing with. The Clippers, second night of a back-to-back. I'm sorry, Clippers first night of a back-to-back. Then second night of a back-to-back, you get the Wizards. So you go at Phoenix, at Clippers, which really it's in LA, so whatever. But then you get the Wizards. Okay, fine, right? At least, at least you get the Wizards. But again, second night of a back-to-back. So your two gimme games so far on the schedule that you would say, okay, this is a win. This is a win. They're the second night of a back-to-back, which makes it less likely that it is a win. Now, should you still beat the Wizards? Should you still beat the Spurs? 100%. I'm just saying that lowers your chances a little bit of getting the win. Um, okay. Then you've got the Denver Nuggets. We know how that's gone for the Lakers lately. Then you get OKC, Sacramento. Again, a team you were directly competing with. Doubly important that you win this game. You need to put a loss on their record and put a win on yours and not the other way around. Then you get Milwaukee. Will Milwaukee have figured out life by that point? Maybe. If they have, they're a damn good team. They're talented. And yet you look at what they've got. What's been going on with them? They've been losing lots of games. Doc Rivers has been Doc Riversing, right? They've been finding ways to lose games. Do they figure things out? I mean, I usually bet on the talent by that point. I wish they were playing them this week, 
by that point, Milwaukee's probably got things sorted out. You get Minnesota, who right now is the, the top seed in the West, and then you get Sacramento again at Sacramento, and then you finish things off with Golden State. So you look at that. There's two teams in that mix, two teams that are below 500, two games that are two, uh, that are against non-playoff teams. All the rest of these teams are playoff teams, right? And I guess technically Golden State. Um is uh, well, they're above 500 now, and they're still a play a play in team anyway. But two games that are your kind of gimmies, and both of them are the second night of a back to back. That's San Antonio and Washington. Every other game is against a top tier team, at the very least, a playoff, a solid playoff team. And I think the Warriors are a solid playoff team, despite some of their struggles this season. So, yeah, it's do or die. It's do or die. And I'll tell you what, if the Lakers get through this stretch 500, if you go six and six, I'm probably okay with that. That's how difficult this stretch of the schedule is. Realistically, I'd like to see them go seven and five. Eight and four would be fantastic. Maybe it's overly optimistic, but this is a very tough stretch of your schedule. So we're going to find out what are these Lakers? What are they really? Remember, this is the time in the year where they really kicked things into gear last season. This is where the Lakers got going. Post-All-Star break, they go on that run, they're playing great basketball, they look good, and it made a very, very fun finish to the season and helped propel them to a Western Conference Finals finish in last year's playoffs. So this is it. This is the time. We're going to find out now. Between now and March 16th, we're going to find out what this team is. What are they made of? Can you beat some of these top-tier teams in the NBA. There are no easy games. Again, your, quote, easy games are second night of a back-to-back, which makes them less easy, especially if you don't have LeBron James for those games. So again, folks, buckle up. Buckle up, because these next 12 games are going to tell us everything that we need to know about the Lakers. But speaking of back-to-backs, LeBron's injury, the All-Star game. So one of the things that has upset Lakers fans recently, and understandably so. Now, again, I've been out for a few days, so this is a couple days old, but the revelation from LeBron from LeBron at the All-Star game that if that his ankle injury could prevent him from playing in Thursday's game against the Warriors. And instantly, Lakers fans all threw their arms up in the air and said, well, then what are you doing playing in the All-Star game? And they're not wrong. Look, here's the thing. If there is, if it is a non-zero chance that playing in the All-Star game would prevent LeBron from playing against the Warriors on Thursday in a critical game against a team you're directly competing with for playoff positioning, if it was a non-zero chance, and I'm not talking about a freak injury, I'm talking about because of him managing an active injury right now, it was a non-zero chance that the, your, your odds of playing on Thursday were going to go down due to participating in the All-Star game, th- then you sit out the All-Star game. Like, there's no question. You sit out the All-Star game. Look, the players on the court showed it. They proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt. The All-Star game does not matter. No one cares about the All-Star game at this point, let alone the players. And I've, I've talked about this. I wrote about it over in the basketball bulletin. If the players care about the, the All-Star game, I'm in. 
I'll watch the All-Star game. I'll, I'll get excited about it, all of that. You're talking about the greatest players on the planet sharing the floor together. That's incredible. That's an amazing moment, or it should be anyway. With what we get right now, though, which is players not caring, nobody playing any defense, everybody look half-hearted, and there's real reasons why, and there's understandable reasons why, all of these guys know that if they get hurt in the All-Star game, most likely their team season is over. That's a lot of responsibility. If you make a wrong step in the All-Star game, you land on someone someone's ankle, you sprain your, and we're so deep in the season, you sprain your ankle bad enough in the All-Star game, your team season is over. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so I understand why these guys don't go all out in the All-Star game. I understand why it ends up being this kind of boring grind of a game to, to get through. Also part of why I plan a vacation during the All-Star break. But if you're LeBron James, that needs to, that effect needs to matter for you too. And again, he didn't play in the second half of the All-Star game. And yes, it matters that it's accomplishment. It's appearing in 20 game, 20 All-Star games and all that. And I'm sure had LeBron said, hey, I'm not playing, the league would have been like, uh, yes, you are. But he missed, let's not forget, he missed the game before the All-Star game. He missed that closeout game against the Jazz and the Lakers still managed to get the win. But if this set back his rehab in any way, then playing in the All-Star game was the wrong decision. That should not have happened. If this in any way changes his availability for Thursday's game or risked Thursday's game against the Warriors, which 100% does matter. Look, I'm not saying don't go. If you're LeBron, go. Smile and wave to everybody. Heck, you know what? If you don't, if you want to make sure, hey, I'm still out there on the floor, okay, don't really go through warm-ups and all that kind of stuff. Don't ramp yourself up. Get out there for 30 seconds, catch a three, fire it up, and get subbed out, right? If that's, if that's what you need to do. Otherwise, just say, hey, I'm managing an active ankle injury. I missed our last game. I need a replacement. And still go and smile and wave to the crowd and all that. But I get it. You know, if you're the NBA you're struggling to get people interested in the all-star game. It's got all this negativity around it because the players don't care anymore about it, right? You've got that whole dynamic to talk about. We'll talk about it more on the NBA front office show, but you need LeBron there. You need LeBron there. LeBron's if LeBron says, Hey, Adam Silver, I'm not going to play in the all-star game. He's probably hearing the hell you are. You're playing. We need you to play in this game. So I get it from an NBA perspective, LeBron's responsibility to the league is probably to make sure that he's a go in the All-Star game. But I'll tell you what, if it if it impacts the Lakers and their ability to make a playoff run this year, then it's the wrong decision to play in that game. And that's where fans are frustrated, saying, well, why did he even step foot on the floor then if this Warriors game was in any way in question? This is the bigger game. And again, my guess is that LeBron probably plays on Thursday. That's what I think is probably going to happen. And then he probably doesn't play the next night against San Antonio. That's my guess right now. But if somehow LeBron is out for this big-time matchup uh, against the Warriors, and again, this is going to be a nationally televised game, if LeBron is out for that uh, on TNT and, and the Lakers drop that game, we're going to hear a lot more about this. We're going to hear a lot more about should he have even played in the All-Star game? Should he have been there? Clearly, the players are not invested in the All-Star. The, the players care about being All-Stars. They care about getting named to the All-Star team. They do not care about playing in the game. They don't. And again, 
I'm not faulting the that's not me going, oh, these 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 spoiled players, how dare they not care about the all-star game? No, I totally get it. I, I totally get it. I, I think it makes sense. I wouldn't expect them to particularly care. They, there isn't a lot of incentive for them in this game to go all out. There's not. So I understand that. So this is not me saying, oh, these these spoiled athletes, how dare they not uh, not care about this game? No, no, no. I, I understand it. I understand it. But if you're LeBron and your team needs you available in this big game, I mean, this is a big game for the Lakers. Your team needs you. You need to focus on the game that that matters. You know, go to All-Star Weekend, smile and wave. But don't get out on that floor. If ramping things up, going through warm-ups, all that sort of stuff puts you at any further risk of missing the game this Thursday. So that's something to keep an eye on. Right now, the Warriors are a four-and-a-half-point favorite to win this game. That's that's not ideal. Speaking of injuries, let's talk about this. Uh, Max Vando, Cam Reddish, and Gabe Vincent, we are waiting on... Uh, we're waiting on word on what's going on with these guys. So hopefully we'll hear something soon about their injury status because the Lakers, they really need these guys back. I know the Lakers offenses look great. They've had uh, over the last stretch of games, they've been one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. Some of that has been great shot making. And, and so there is some, you know, so some potential for regression there. Their defense has probably looked a little bit better than it actually has in terms of the advanced metrics. They've come out pretty strongly in favor of the Lakers' defense, but I do think some of that has been a result of them making shots on the offensive end and then allowing them to set up their half-court defense and not give up so many transition opportunities. But the Lakers need their defensive guys back. They do. They, they need these guys back. It could be disruptive of their offense to some degree, but you still need your plus defenders in the mix. I think Max and Cam Reddish we're going to see sooner than the other guys, if we see the other guys. So we're waiting on word right now for these guys to come back. Max, Cam Reddish, I would not be shocked if they are available to go on Thursday against the Warriors. And I do think you need these guys. As, as much as you can say, well, they're both you know flawed players. Max is still very young, still developing his game. Cam Reddish can't shoot. Yes, that, that's true. But we've also seen the Lakers in recent games where it was very clear that they were missing defensive players. Think about against the Knicks, uh, Jalen Brunson. The Lakers had nobody who could defend him. They had nobody to throw at him. Well, I shouldn't say they had no one because they did have Max for that game and he was able to, to take some minutes on Brunson. But in general, you didn't have most of your defensive guys to throw at them. So this is this is something that the Lakers really need is they need health and they have not been healthy for the bulk of the season. It's been a challenge throughout. And so this is something that the Lakers really need. They need to get healthier. They need Max back. They need Cam Reddish back. Again, these guys aren't 25 plus per per night uh, minute per night guys they're not but the Lakers need them back in action to turn to since you can throw at somebody who's on a heater you can throw at a Steph Curry which we're going to see uh tomorrow night as far as Jared Vanderbilt and, and Gabe Vincent we're just hoping for a positive update on those guys I don't think it's a guarantee that either guy comes back this season obviously I hope they do I hope they're both available uh, I think especially with the arrival of Spencer Dinwiddie, that in some ways mitigates the the need for Gabe Vincent to come back. But and I'm not saying they couldn't use Gabe Vincent. I think they absolutely could. But you've got somebody else to do those things now. But um, Jared Vanderbilt, he is is badly needed. And I hope that, number one, he can come back. And number two, he can come back 
at 100%. That's going to be important for the Lakers, especially as we get into the postseason and uh, we get into that playoff push here. All right. Um, I do need to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is BetUS. Super, super easy, you guys. You can find pretty much anything that you want over at BetUS. The great, great deal that they've got now is a 125% bonus on your first, not your first deposit, first three deposits now. You can find the link in the description down below. Again, BetUS, very easy to use. Look at that. It's up on my screen right now. You can find all different games, whatever you want, all different kinds of prop bets, different sports too. If you want to get into like the baseball seasons is starting up here. We've got spring training getting going. Um, you can find that here. You can find hockey, uh, anything that you want over on BetUS. Super easy to find. And once again, you get that 125% uh, deposit bonus on your first uh, three deposits. All you got to do is click that get started button and they'll walk you right through. Again, go check out BetUS. Use the link in that description down below. All right. Another thing that I want to get into on this show, it is D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So check this out. This was D'Lo lately. Uh, he was talking to uh, Melissa Rowland of Fox Sports. He said, I came in a little raw when I was young, when I was 18. So I was unprofessional, to be honest. And he's talking about his Lakers days, his initial time with the Lakers. That's what he's talking about. And the older I got, I learned how to be professional. I give credit to Spencer. When I was traded to Brooklyn, he was there. I saw his preparation, to be honest. I saw how he was a pro. And I just kind of put all of that in my bag. And then we went our separate ways. I've told him that before. But him, Joe Harris, those two guys were two guys that I watched. I may not have said anything, but I watched them and give credit to them, to be honest. I mean, I saw this and I thought, man, this is this is worth discussing. This is worth talking about here. Not only is this D'Angelo Russell praising a teammate, right, for just being a professional. Now, Nets fans may not disagree. They didn't get the best version of Spencer Dinwiddie this season. But Spencer Dinwiddie joining this Lakers team, what is that? What does that mean when you've got D'Angelo Russell describing him as the guy that showed him how to be a pro? I think that means a lot. I think that means a lot. Now, not only is there already that built-in relationship between Dinwiddie and D'Lo, which I think does matter. Um, not only is D'Angelo Russell a free agent or potentially a free agent, he has a player option this coming summer. Um, so maybe you know, bringing in somebody that he's fond of probably doesn't hurt. Um, your your efforts to keep him around and, and ideally not lose him for nothing. Oh, here we are. We're getting news right now. Um, LeBron James is not at Lakers practice today due to an excused absence. Ooh, that's not good. But he will join the Lakers in San Francisco. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he's a go for that one. And Darvin Ham is also not at practice due to a personal matter. That's, again, coming out of Lakers practice right now as I'm recording this. So I don't get to use it enough. So apologies. I know it already happened, but. Uh... Breaking news. I don't get to use that drop enough. So LeBron James, not at practice today with the Lakers, an excused absence, but good news that he is planning to join the Lakers in San Francisco. And hopefully that means he will indeed be playing tomorrow night in San Francisco. Okay. Um, so Spencer Dinwiddie joining the Lakers, 
and him being that pro, I think that's part of the reason why we saw, particularly against the Jazz, Dinwiddie look like he acclimated pretty quickly to being a Laker because he is that that professional, right? He had to really work and battle to get his spot in this league. He's 30 years old. He's had a pretty long career at this point. I mean, his first season was the 2014-2015 season with Detroit, and he's bounced around a little bit since then, had his big breakout in Brooklyn, of course. He's been a, a guy who's been in a lot of different situations, played for a number of different teams now. He's seen a lot. And I think the success of Dinwiddie with the Lakers is going to be largely dependent upon exactly what D'Angelo Russell is talking about, his professionalism. Can he step in and fill an immediate role right away? And so far, so good. Again, we're only a couple of games in, so we'll see where this goes. But that professionalism that D'Angelo Russell is talking about is important. But I also think it speaks to a bigger issue. You know, we tend to, around the league, we tend to look at teams that are rebuilding and teams that are not and just say, okay, if you're rebuilding, you shouldn't have any veterans. Just go young, no veterans on your roster, off you go. That's it. That's what you need if you are a rebuilding team. And what D'Angelo Russell is talking about here is the benefit of having somebody who was more of a veteran. Now, he was in his 20s at this point still, but somebody who had figured out what it takes to be a professional player, the, the type of preparation that it requires. We're talking about diet, stretching, the workouts, the activity rate, all these things that you really have to lock in on in order to be a pro's pro. There's something to having an, an adult in the room, which, look, this is not the stage the Lakers are at right now. But a few years from now, who knows where this team's going to be? LeBron will probably be gone. Will Anthony Davis still be around? Will the Lakers have a third star? We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But with all of that, with all of that, it does help having somebody there to show the path towards being a pro. Having an adult in the room, it matters. You know, so as much as we look at a team like the Pistons and we say, gosh, and, and I said this a bunch, they held on to Boyan Bogdanovich way too long. And frankly, they probably did in terms of asset management. But there is some benefit to having guys who have been in the league, who understand what it takes there. And D'Angelo Russell's talking exactly about that, saying, I mean, we've all talked about how different D'Lo is now compared to his first stint with the Lakers. And some of that has to be credited to Spencer Dinwiddie to Joe Harris, to these other pros that he was able to watch, that he was able to learn from, to learn what it takes to make it in this league. It's a support system for these young players that you've got. So something to keep in mind, again, this is not the stage the Lakers are in right now, but at some point when the Lakers are in more of a rebuild, their ability to bounce back, their ability to develop young talent may require that they have some veterans on the roster still. And that's something that a lot of teams get criticized for. D'Angelo Russell is saying there's actually a real benefit to it here. All right. I do want to talk about what Kendrick Perkins had to say uh, recently when he was on uh, the Pat McAfee show, when he essentially said he that he knew of a third star that, that's coming to the Lakers, that's joining the Lakers this summer. He knows there's another star coming. And so the Lakers standing pat at the trade deadline made sense. And that was and that was the right decision because there's this third star coming and that the third star is a perfect fit alongside LeBron and AD and will especially help Anthony Davis. So he wouldn't reveal who this star is, 
And he said, it's already happening. Okay, well, we're in February. Here's here's my thing, right? Like, obviously, that's going to get a lot of headlines and everything. It's still February right now. You know how much can change between now and July? Now, and even if we want to say it's a draft day trade in June, some everything can change between now and then. That's a lifetime in the NBA world. So to say, oh, I know for sure the Lakers are getting the superstar. Great. If it happens, fantastic. But I, I wouldn't count that as a certainty. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I would not count that as a certainty. We're too far out to say for sure what's going on. We didn't even know what LeBron's going to do. What is LeBron going to Is LeBron going to stay? What's Bronny going to do? Bronny going to go another year at USC? Is he going to enter the NBA draft? I mean, LeBron said it's up to him. There's so much still up in the air. But is it plausible that Kendrick Perkins probably heard, hey, this is this is something that's really going to happen? Sure. And let's face it, he's he's going to get more views. He's going to get more attention if he goes on and says, oh, I know the Lakers are getting a star, right? Um, and then, of course, in June, he can say, if it doesn't happen, or July, if it doesn't happen, he can say, well, th- something changed. Something changed. Or if it does happen, he can say, see, I told you so. I was right all along, right? That's it's the game within sports media. But um, who could this person be? I think we all jumped to Trey Young, and that's where my mind went first as well. I think the Lakers already have a relationship negotiating with the Hawks. They worked on getting something done for DeJounte Murray. It didn't happen. Is DeJounte Murray a superstar? No. Is he very good? Yes. But is he a guy that I would say checks the box of what Kendrick Perkins is talking about? A superstar that fits with LeBron and AD? No, not necessarily. He's a good player. He's definitely helpful. But Trey Young is the guy that we all go to because he's the name that's rumored to be out there on the market potentially this summer that the Hawks could, after deciding to keep DeJounte Murray at the trade deadline, the Hawks could decide to move Trey Young instead. And if they do, I think the Lakers will be one of many teams in the bidding. That that's probably the most likely. If the Lakers are going to get a third star this summer, I think right now Trey Young is the most likely guy. Now, if I had my preference, give me Donovan Mitchell. I would take Donovan Mitchell by a decent amount. I would go Donovan Mitchell on this Lakers team. But when he's specifically talking about guys who can help Anthony Davis, well, Trey Young is a great, not good, great passer. And Anthony Davis, we've watched him play for years now. He's a guy who needs somebody to feed him the ball, right? He's not a guard. He's not a guard. So he very rarely has the ball to start actions for the Lakers. In fact, one of the Lakers' most valuable actions that they have is Anthony Davis in the post. Right, that's that is in terms of a points per possession basis. That's one of the most valuable things they do right now on the offensive end. It's Anthony Davis post up, and part of that is a testament to AD and how good he's become at kicking out against double teams and attacking those by by moving the ball and finding the open man, and how good the Lakers have been at knocking down that subsequent open shot. But AD is a valuable offensive weapon for the Lakers, even when he's not putting up points. Because he draws so much attention and then moves the ball, he generates open shots for other players on the team. So the team's offense, even if we look and we go, oh, no, AD is doing AD things again. He only has 11 points or something. Yeah, but how many open shots did he create by moving the ball after he got doubled? That can often have a huge offensive impact on the Lakers. So it's one of the most valuable things that the Lakers can do is give the ball to Anthony Davis in the post. But as we all know, the post-entry pass has become something of a lost art. Defenses are certainly more empowered 
to handle that exact situation. You think back in the day, go back 20 years, and it was just, you know, the Lakers bring the ball up, kick to the wing, the wing throws the ball into Shaq, and then Shaq dominates, right? That's That was the game plan over 20 years ago. Defenses have changed since then, <laughs> since then in how they handled that situation. And so it's increasingly difficult to get the ball there, and you need a high-quality passer in order to do it. And so in that way, I do think Trey Young checks that box that uh, that Kendrick Perkins is talking about as a guy who can really help Anthony Davis's game, who can really uh, feed him the basketball. So I do think the guy he's talking about is probably Trey Young. Now, is it at the expense of D'Angelo Russell? Probably. I mean, D'Lo, he's... <sighs> I don't see how you play him with Trey Young. Trey Young is not a good defensive player. I don't know if D'Lo will pick up his player option. My guess right now would be no. He probably opts out and becomes a free agent. And if you can bring D'Lo back, great. But could you play D'Lo and Trey next to each other? I mean, aren't you signing up for, I think, an even worse situation than you've got right now in terms of defensively, Austin and, and D'Lo together? And then what do you have to give up to get Trey? I think if, if D'Lo picks up his player option, he gets moved to Atlanta in a Trey Young trade. If he doesn't, then I don't know what happens. If he winds up going somewhere else on the market, if the Lakers execute a Trey Young trade, which brings me to something that I talked about the other day while I was on vacation, do you even want to make that swap? If you're the Lakers, I mean, there's no question. Trey Young is a star. He's a star. But D'Lo is like, if D'Lo played the way he has over the last month plus, all the time, if this is just what he always was, we'd be talking about D'Lo as a all-star as well as an all-star caliber player, maybe not a superstar, but an all-star caliber player. That's, that's how good he's been. Let's take nothing away from D'Angelo Russell. He's been fantastic for the Lakers lately. So if he was doing this all the time, are you still making that trade? If you have to sacrifice D'Lo and Austin or something to make it happen, are you doing that? Keep in mind the Lakers as a franchise, as an organization, they know LeBron's, Time is finite with the Lakers. It will come to an end at some point. Maybe it's this summer. Maybe it's five years from now. But you want to have another star in place, another person to play with Anthony Davis. If Trey Young is there, can they really turn that down with that understanding that you, you probably don't want a team with just Anthony Davis as your lone superstar? Probably don't want that. So those are interesting things to consider if you're the Lakers moving forward here. Trey Young, again, I believe, and I, I don't have any inside knowledge of this, I believe that's who Kendrick Perkins was talking about. Now, will it turn into something? Will it become something this summer? Well, it's certainly something that we're going to be keeping an eye on. We're going to be keeping an eye on from here on out what happens with uh, with the Lakers, with Trey Young, how far away from getting that done are they this summer? All right, speaking of which, last thing I've got for you in terms of topics, the Lakers tax. Check this out. Here's Carmelo Anthony. This is Melo. The deal was done with the Lakers. Me and Nene, remember him? For Lamar Odom and Bynum. That deal was done. I never thought about New York. Obviously, this is, this is pre-Dwight Howard trade. When they turned that deal down, when George Carl had that deal and turned it down, now it's like, y'all don't want me in the West. If you're going to send me to the East, get me to New York. So back in the day, that means that there was the Lakers had a plan 
to get and we talked about the Chris Paul trade that got scuttled. Um, the Lakers had a, a plan to get Carmelo Anthony to have Melo, Kobe, and Powell. That was in the works. And, and Melo was even saying the deal was done. It was done. We were doing this. And then George Carl put a stop to it. So I bring this up not because I want to I want to you know take a trip down memory lane and say, oh, what could have been? It's for the people out there who say, oh, there is no Lakers tax. It's BS. Look at this. This is the Lakers tax over a decade ago. George Carl, have you ever seen the way he he talks about the Lakers on, on social media? He does not like the Lakers. Not a fan of that. He relished the Nuggets beating the Lakers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The idea that there is no Lakers tax is ridiculous. Like, it's clear. We even saw it this year at the trade deadline. Deals that teams were willing to do with some teams, they were not willing to do with the Lakers. That's a thing. Teams do not want to help the Lakers. And maybe this goes back to what I was just talking about with Trey Young and whether or not the Lakers can get a deal done for him. It is often difficult. And why it's so impressive that the Lakers pulled off the moves they did last year at the trade deadline, because it's difficult to be the Lakers and be the team that nobody wants to trade with because nobody wants to be the team that helps the Lakers, right? The only way you're going to make a trade with the Lakers is if you make sure that you fleece the Lakers in that deal. Think about all the praise, all the praise, everybody, the Pelicans got for fleecing the Lakers. That's a haul, folks, in the Anthony Davis trade. Think about that. Think about that. That's a haul. All the praise the Pelicans got for getting so much out of the Lakers. 
for forcing the Lakers, despite not having much leverage, to give up so much. Yes, there's a Lakers tax. It exists. Carmelo Anthony is talking about it. The Nuggets didn't want to trade him there. Look, the Spurs didn't want to trade Kawhi to the Lakers back in the day. That was the thing. The Pacers didn't want to give Paul George to the Lakers back in the day. Now, is there context to those conversations? Of course. Of course there is. But still, a Lakers tax is a very real thing. And if the Lakers are going to go after another star this summer, it's something they're going to have to overcome. And so if there's that notion out there that, oh, a Lakers, that's not really a thing. The Lakers just, their front office just isn't any good. Well, there's really a Lakers tax. Like it exists and it's existed for a long time. And Carmelo Anthony was just talking about it. All right. Let's wrap things up with a little scheduled nonsense. So if you guys are familiar with the front office show, scheduled nonsense, sometimes we wind up in unscheduled nonsense, but scheduled nonsense is where we talk about something that's not necessarily uh, basketball related. And this is, is indeed basketball adjacent in, in a sense. It's basketball adjacent. You know, I think about, I often think about kind of the, the connection that we all have, right? With, with Lakers nation, uh, Lakers fandom, what, brings us to this team what brings us to this sport what brings this this passion out in all of us what what allows us to to care so much what uh, what the benefit is of this and, and look I, I've talked about this a lot that my the the moment that I found to be most impressive for me or most memorable um and in, in a positive way from a very negative situation was when when Kobe and Gigi passed um, seeing the outpouring of support from Lakers fans to other Lakers fans right seeing how many fans were checking in on each other bro how are you doing how's how are you holding up like people who don't know each other in real life who haven't run into each other in person who don't have that kind of a, a relationship reaching out and caring about each other uh, because they could they could experience that same thing. They they were experiencing the same emotions at the same time. It's the, it's the power of shared experience, and I've talked about that you know a lot. How we see that at a national level with those big I remember where I was when moments, where they can bring people together through the power of shared shared experience. And we also see that within sports fandom, we see these moments that that can bring us together. And so going back to to what happened with with Kobe and Gigi, that was the most amazing moment doing this for, for Lakers nation was seeing how many people who watch this show, listen to this show, um, who, who are part of this community reaching out and, and supporting each other and how that passion for something, the caring about something can get us through some, some difficult times. And so there was something with me, uh, recently, this is not a, an emotional thing at all. This is, and it's going to sound very silly by, by contrast, but so uh, while I was on vacation, what I did was I went and got more work done on my, my sleeve, my tattoo. Um, it's very sore right now, but you can see I got, got more done on my bicep. And if anybody, if you guys know anything about tattooing, this area right here, uh, on your bicep, your inner bicep, it's, it's one of the most painful areas to get tattooed it's not the most but it's one of the most it is it is not comfortable to, to sit through that and so the other day i'm getting this work done and my tattoo artist whose name is uh is darren priest and he does a great job at uh at uh at his shop in, in laguna beach it's called uh, cast and crowns 
And uh, and so that's in, in Laguna Beach, and, and he does great work. And and we're sitting there. He's he's working, and and I'm thinking in my head like, okay, like hey, this sucks. It had been a few years since I'd gotten any, any tattoo work done. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. This does not feel good. You know, as excited as I was to get more progress done, I, I was like, man, this this is not feeling good. Well, we started chatting, and I was a couple hours in at that point. And we started chatting and he started talking about, about kids and having kids and how that can affect you about how, how that changes your life and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, and he was asking me, you know, with my daughter and everything, how did, how did that change my life and, and all sorts of things. Anyway, so the bottom line is I started talking about something obviously that I'm very passionate about with, with my daughter. Um, and next thing I know, like the, like it's, it's, it's a, real pain right getting tattooed in that spot the time really started flying and i somehow managed to sit for for five hours uh getting tattooed uh on the inner bicep and i'm not saying that to say like i'm so tough i'm i am not by any means um get by getting my calf tattoo uh, it was torturous trying to make it through um I, i had one calf tattoo that took three hours and I was just dying by the end of it. Um, I don't have like some crazy pain tolerance or anything like that. But the process of sitting there and talking through something that I was very passionate about, and he and I were both exchanging ideas on parenting and what does that do? Is it is it okay for people to not want to have kids? Um, he largely finds himself in that category. Is that is that okay? What does that mean? What does that mean for our relationships? What does that mean? for things of that nature. Anyway, it was a a fairly in-depth conversation. But it struck me when suddenly I looked and I was like, oh man, we're like, we're wrapping up this session. We're done. And hours had gone by and I was sitting there getting tattooed in one of the most painful spots too. And the, the pain wasn't nearly as noticeable because I was focused on something that I was so passionate about in this, in this conversation. And so that got me thinking about this about what we all do here and and i thought back to the kobe situation and about how we all experienced the same thing and we all got through it and we all managed to get through it and i I think i've never really made the fully made the connection before but there's some of you who have reached out to me in the past saying i you know i'm listening to your show following the lakers all of that this fandom got me through a very difficult time, right? I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about emotional pain. And that's something that I think it never fully registered to me how much having something like this that you care about and being able to absorb yourself into that, to focus on on that thing, how much of a real effect it can have where if your brain's focused on that, it can dull the pain, even in my case, the, the physical pain. Um, that I was going through. And so I say all of that to say that I think I have a greater understanding of kind of the effect that can have. And I hope that for some of you, again, if you're, if you've been going through a, a tough time, if you've been dealing with something, I hope that in some way, what we do here in the community that we have here helps you through that, helps you with that, through let's face it, our obsession with this team, 
This is something that is always on my mind. This is something that I'm always working on, always trying to get better at, always trying to improve, always critiquing uh, myself. And I'm so amazingly proud of the, the community that we have here and the the reach that we have, the amount of people who are who are coming in, who are talking to each other, who are conversing, who are um, watching our shows, who are listening to our shows. And again, my experience just made me think, you know, I I hope that as much as we saw people reach out and support each other and this show became an outlet and this community became an outlet for that difficult time with, with Kobe, I, I hope this is continuing to be that for people. I hope that this can, people question, you know, how can you care so much about a, a sports team? Um, sometimes it's just feeling like you're part of something that's that's bigger than yourself, but it's also something that's there. Right, it's a constant, even when we're dealing with with tough times in our lives. And so, again, my experience sitting in that tattoo chair and feeling the effects physically of having something I was passionate about to talk about, I, I really do hope that for some of you, that if you're going through a tough time, this show, this channel, this fan base, all of it can provide some relief from that pain in in a similar way and again you guys know sometimes i get sappy with all of this but that was the connection that i made when i was sitting there and was blown away by the physical relief from pain that i felt understanding that there are some of you who are also feeling that pain relief by being this this focused on, on the lakers and this team and this show and everything and and for that i'm very thankful and very grateful for all of you for being here for hanging out with us, for talking Lakers basketball. And I hope that in some small way, um, we can also be that for, for all of you, be that connection for the team, be that that community, and, uh, and be supportive, of course, of each other. Okay, everybody. Again, thank you guys. Apologize, podcast listeners, and this is coming out a little bit later than a typical podcast would. But thank you all for being here. Make sure that you do subscribe over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. We've got Lakers Warriors tomorrow night. Um, I am planning on recording tonight, I believe, with Mark Gunnels um, to preview the game, and we're going to get in-depth into that. And So that's going to be coming on tomorrow's show, so be on the lookout for that. Podcast listeners, if you guys wouldn't mind giving, giving us that five-star rating and review, we'd appreciate it. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.